Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome, and thank you for listening to our podcast, Fresh Off the Set. My name is David Osmond, uh, one of the hosts of Fresh Living. I'm here with my co-host, Alora. Hello, hello. We have a cool topic today for you. Carrie sat down with Susan Scott, and she's a best-selling author and, uh, on this week's episode of the podcast. And she talks about relationships in a very interesting and cool way. I think uh, that's really a does. good topic of conversation. She debunks some love myths that she says derail relationships. And actually, before I met my fiancé, I fell victim to one of these myths. Um, I had it in my mind. There's a meme out there that says... Um, if my significant other doesn't just show up on my doorstep, I'm not going to meet them. And that Someday, was... Someday, my friends. Yes, it's that a, was me. But it's the Disney thing. I'll sit in my tower and wait. And I really just thought that if it was meant to be, he was just going to show up. And I wasn't putting in any work. And actually, my fiance, I had met him a couple years before, but I didn't reconnect with him until I had a friend that had tickets to see a show. And she asked me to come with her, and I was like, fine. And I bumped into him there. So it was when I actually left my house. Left the tower. Did some <laughs> of the you. work. I was able to meet him. And I think that is a myth that lots of people fall victim to, is that if it's meant to be, they're just going to show up. I don't need to do any work. You kind of got to get out there. And I know in today's dating world, it's you know, more about apps and ways mm-hmm. to meet people that way. But even still, you know, you got to put yourself out there. Funny enough, this last week, I was actually at an Ace Hardware store picking up like a hose and some random tools and stuff. Okay. And I, it was early in the morning. I was the only one in there. And there was this kid at the front. He had a really fun personality. But as I was checking out, he goes, can I ask you a weird question sure if you want a weird answer (laughs) (laughs) he goes are you married i went yeah and very happily so he goes okay good my second question how did you do it really how did you do it? what a bold kid yeah he goes how did you do it and and is it is it real like is it attainable and i just felt for this kid he's like he he really just wants to be in a relationship like in a good relationship and i said i told him i said you know what the fact that you even were bold enough to ask me a question like that shows me that you have that that ability to step outside yourself to put yourself yeah. out there I said that right there I, I'm not gonna I'm not worried about you man I mean you're gonna meet people if you just you know step outside that comfort zone if you see someone you, you really like tell them you know make that move he, he said yeah there's someone I'm really interested in but I haven't told him she works at swig and I'm like I don't I just keep going through the drive-thru this I'm is like, the most maybe, precious maybe story you should like actually say something if she knows your face she's seen you a few times yeah. this week you know, I, I think it would be impressive. And not a text, you know, look her in the eyes, be confident like you just asked me. And I think you got a great shot just from that. So I, I think you're right. This is a good topic. This I think that is the most love preci- is in the air. precious story. <laughs> and Susan Scott has even more relationship advice for us. Let's take a look. So excited to introduce to you our guest for the podcast today. It is Susan Scott. She's an award-winning author, Fortune 100 public speaker, and renowned leadership development architect. That's a mouthful. Susan, great to talk to you today. (laughs) It's great to talk with you, too. Well, we just loved having you. We had you on the show already. You've been on Fresh Living. We wanted more time with you, and we wanted to talk to you about relationships because I feel like whether you're in one, whether you're single, whether you just got out of a relationship, whether you're looking for one, we can all relate to weirdness in relationships, right? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> it's, it can be, it can be, you know, it can be tough sometimes. So I wanted to start with, let's talk about reasons love keeps eluding us. Why does this happen? Well, um, you know, honestly, we can, we can think that everything is wonderful. True love. It's, it's great. We're in love and everything. And yet things sort of disintegrate over time. And it's often because we don't understand that it's just as much about 
ourselves as it is about the other person. Are we really being kind when we talk with one another? It, you know, are we leaving a positive emotional wake uh, when we have a conversation with our partner or the person we're dating or married to, um, or a negative one? I mean, is it true? Are we being truthful? And mm-hmm. I think we're often not really being truthful. You know the old. Is something wrong? No, nothing's wrong. <laughs> you both know yep. something really is wrong. Yep. And, and I think, you know, when we don't know how to resolve some of the issues that we're dealing with, boy, do we derail because um, you know, if, we, if we don't address the issues, they don't go away. In fact, I, one woman said to her husband who was saying, I don't want to have this conversation. And she said, what we're not talking about is killing us. Mm-hmm. And that got his attention. It's like, what, what, you know, because if a problem exists, it exists, whether we talk about it or not. So there are some myths that we typically buy into that get us in trouble. One of them is, um, you complete me, <laughs> oh. which is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, we've, we've heard that a million times is you can, you want to find someone who completes you, but this is dangerous, yeah. right? It's, well, it's it's kind of dumb too because I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's it's more than it's just how how pathetic an idea that is. And I know I'm this sounds a little bit harsh. Nope. But you know what? Us, we need the truth. Give us the okay. truth, Susan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I put all of my hopes and dreams and happiness and everything on somebody else because this person completes me, this person may not want to remain in my life this person may turn out to be um you know instead of my missing piece this person may be a real piece you know uh-huh. I mean, I, yep. yeah and and um and i could i could easily travel from you light up my life to you darken my life i mean mm-hmm. i just think we have to understand that We cannot even answer the question, do I want this relationship, unless we can first say yes to the question, is my own life working for me? Am I happy in my own life? Do I feel good about myself? Not just am I happy, you know, do I like my life, but do I like myself in this I don't think we ask ourselves that enough. I don't think we do either. And in fact, in Fierce Love, there's a um, one of the chapters talks about how do you answer that question? Do I want this relationship? And part of it is to clarify for yourself, okay, where am I going? Where am I going with my life? And why am I going there? And how am I going to get there? And I really need to figure those things out before I say, well, and who's going with me? I mean, I remember one woman who told me the story of her life before Jack, during Jack, and after Jack. It was all about Jack, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, where are you in this? Where are you? And then one of the other reasons we derail is because we um, we don't step up and speak up when someone does or says something that is hurtful, that doesn't land well with us. And the problem is we... We teach people how to treat us, and we get what we tolerate. So we need to learn to say in the moment if something happens that, you know, isn't nourishing to us, is not enriching our relationship. We need to learn to say, hey, hang on, what you just said was hurtful. Can you tell me what's going on? Mm. 
So there's a whole chapter even on that, how to do that in the moment so that you stay current. Because one of the big ideas in the book is that our, you know, our lives, our relationships unfold and succeed or flatline or fail gradually, then suddenly, one conversation at a time. And we always wake up if we arrive at a a negative suddenly, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm... I love you, but I don't love our life together. I want a divorce or I, I've met someone or whatever it is. We need to stay awake during gradually. And you never know what is going to trigger this suddenly. I was talking with someone yesterday who was over here at my house. And she talked about ending a relationship. And it was all over a Hershey's kiss. Can wow. you imagine? Wow. I mean, and. And I, we don't have time to tell that whole story, but you just <laughs> never know. In fact, the, in the very beginning of Fierce Love, there's a true story about a woman who suddenly came when she was with her husband in a beautiful, beautiful place. And she asked him, are you enjoying yourself? And he said, frankly, I'd rather be golfing. You know, and it was that moment when she broke, when she moved from I do to I most certainly do not, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and and ended ended their relationship by actually throwing their wedding rings into a lake. Wow. I mean, it was just fascinating. So this happens only because we're sound asleep during gradually, which is where we live most of our lives. Like the little steps. That makes sense. And I love how you said, you know, say something because if, if you don't, it festers and it becomes a bigger problem, right? It does. It absolutely does. And so keep remembering that we teach people how to treat us. And if you don't like how you're being treated, then you need to speak up. And rather than attack and blame, just say, this is what you just said, or this is what you did. Can you tell me what's going on? Just that, because that invites a conversation instead of an argument or a fight. You know, we have to learn how to even to confront things in a loving way. And that is possible. And that's in a couple of the chapters in the book. It is possible. I like that you said that it's possible. (laughs) Yes. And, and one of the uh, other things that will derail us is some people do believe that one of the greatest gifts they can give another person is unconditional love. And I remember a couple visiting me several years ago and they were bringing me up to date on their lives and he had had an affair and they had managed to get through it somehow, but it was horrible. It was terribly painful. And she said, but you know, we believe in unconditional love. And then she turned to him and said with glowing eyes, she said, there's nothing you could ever do that would cause me to leave you. Mm. Well, I mean, I shocked all three of us. I jumped up out of my chair and I said, take that back, mm. take that back. You know, I mean, and I said to the husband, I'm not saying you're going, you're planning or going to have another affair, but she just gave you permission to, you know, yeah, really? So there have to be conditions. And I don't mean just a gosh, it would be nice if this or that I'm talking about the non-negotiables. What are the non-negotiables that you must have? Sure. Which is different in in each relationship, relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you need to clarify for yourself and also inquire, you know, your partner, what, what are his or her conditions? That's, you know, both people ought to have clarity around what is most important to them to make them want to stay 
in the relationship. And I think when we're not conscious, when we're not really paying attention to how we're feeling, we can be creeping up on a suddenly that we don't really want. That's a good, so that's we, a good point. Yeah. So we need to be we need to be kind, we need to be truthful. We need to express appreciation. My daughter, it was a beautiful thing. I heard her say to her husband, um, I watched you helping the girls with your homework last night. And I just, I don't know how you got to be such a spectacular father to two little girls, but you were just amazing. I love that about you. You know, and you could just see him take that in. It really landed. And yet, we think that it's enough to just say, love you, as somebody's going out the door. Yeah, we forget about so, uh, gratitude and, you know, letting somebody know, even if it's just a small thing. Specifically, yes, specifically what it is. You know, I mean, um, I love it. I love when the man in my life comes up behind me and puts his arms around me. What if I'm at the sink or something? You know, I love that. And I've told him that. He knows that. And so he knows hey, she loves that. I'm going to do more of that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So it's really, it's really important for us to understand that we, we, we have to tell people what we want. I mean, one of the myths is if you loved me, you'd know what I want. You'd know I need this. You'd know I wouldn't like that. You'd know. And it's ridiculous because for me, I mean, I've told everybody in my life, you might have to hit me alongside the head with a two before for me to understand what it is that you want. I am not clairvoyant. I've never claimed to be. I don't know. Please tell me. I, I, I miss a lot of the, you know, the clues. That is true so, though. We kind of expect when we're in relationships, yeah. like, well, don't, doesn't, doesn't he or she know that that's what I would want? Like, no, exactly. you have to say that. That's right. And do it in the moment. Um, and, so that it doesn't go on and on and on. It's like, I remember hearing about somebody who was given a certain kind of candy by a guy that she was dating. She hated that kind of candy, but what did she say? Oh, thank you. I love these. (laughs) And of course he kept bringing her more, (laughs) more of those. (laughs) That's all he knew. He knew she loved it. Sure. You know, (laughs) and, and, Instead, she could have said, oh, this is so thoughtful of you. I'm not wild about this particular candy, but I'm wild about you. Well, and I think that's what we would want. That's what we'd want on the other end, right? If I was, you know, we were giving gifts and it was something that, you know, someone really didn't like, I would rather hear it nicely. You know, that's not really my favorite, but thank you so much. That's right. So um, I think, I think there are a couple of things that you know, in the book, there are these eight conversations that are really useful in, in in creating a love that lasts. Because we'll start out maybe thinking we're truly in love, but people can change along the way. Yeah, they people can. can. Their interests can change. Even at some level, their personalities can even change a bit so that you may or may not continue to be a beautiful fit. Well, I mean, and how it's just do we, really hard to know. How do we have those conversations, Susan, that will reveal whether it's not or it is true love? Well, we'll know, you know, so, so the eight conversations in the book tackle very specific situations. But how do I know is how I feel. I mean, there's a, 
there's a book with a title that I just love. And it was, it came from a letter that I, either Lewis wrote to Clark or Clark wrote to Lewis, you know, the two guys on the Lewis and Clark expedition, mm -hmm. inviting the other one to come on the expedition. And the title is, I should be extremely happy in your company. Mm. And I just love that. So how do I even know if I really love this person? Am I extremely happy in his or her company, in his or her presence? And what would it be like to be on the receiving end of me? You know, who who would be extremely happy in my company? <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I'm I'm constantly turning the finger back towards myself, you know, towards ourselves, because really it's easy to think you are the problem. All these things about you that I don't like, you are the problem when we're not really being honest with ourselves about where our own fingerprints are. Our own DNA is showing up in the relationship and some mm. of the, the hard areas. So each conversation needs to be fierce. And that means we need to come out from behind ourselves into the conversation and make it real, be truthful, and also always think before you speak, you know, does this need to be said? Is it kind? Is it true? Will it enrich the relationship? And, and I'm including in that when we have to give feedback about something that we don't like, you know, mm -hmm. um, because we don't want to point out every little thing that might annoy us. We I have mean, to that pick our be, battles. Yeah, pick our, <laughs> pick our battles. <laughs> and then, but we can bring even that up in a loving way, a very loving way. So it's how do you, you know, how do you feel in the presence of someone that you're dating or married to or um, whatever the situation is? How do you feel? And how does that person feel when they're with you? What are your thoughts? Um, are there all these sort of unresolved issues that you're avoiding? And that is, honestly, it's the missing conversations that, that do the most damage. Sure. Um, they're incredibly expensive. So I need to, I need to have the conversations. I need to understand that, you know, my, my relationship is unfolding one conversation at a time, every single thing I say, if I send a text, whatever it is, an email, everything that takes place between the two of us is either enriching the relationship, flatlining it, or, or, or taking it down. Oh, that's and, good. And years ago, I heard something that just stunned me. I've never forgotten it. Um, and this was from a a poet, uh, David White, who lives um, or is from the Yorkshire Dales in England. And he said, you know, the young man who's newly married is often frustrated, perplexed, even sometimes a little irritated because this lovely person with whom he hopes to spend the rest of his life insists on appearing before his face on a regular basis, wanting to talk yet again, <laughs> you know, about something they just talked about. And it so often has something to do with the quality of their relationship. And he wonders, why are we having this conversation? Again. Again? Yes. But he, then he said, long about age 42, and he smiled because he was 42 and married. He said, long about age 42, if he has been paying attention, it dawns on him, this 
ongoing, robust conversation that I have been having with my wife is not about the relationship. The conversation is the relationship. Mm. And when I heard that, I had just left a long-term marriage, and it explained everything. Because like so many people I know, my husband and I had not been able to resolve our issues. One or both of us would get triggered. We'd shut down. It got very quiet in the house. There was no love making. There was no love talking. There was no love. You know, it was just like we were housemates. That's mm-hmm. all we were. And um, we just weren't having the conversations. And so if the conversation is the relationship, if the conversation stops, well, you know, you can do the math. Um, or if you and I add another topic to the list of things we cannot talk about because it would wreck another weekend, then the possibilities for our relationship become smaller and smaller mm-hmm. and smaller until one day I realized, you know what, I am making myself quite small. In each of my conversations with this very important person in my life, I am behaving as if I'm just the space around my shoes. I'm engaged in yet another two-minute conversation that is so empty of meaning it crackles. Mm -hmm. So I'm not suggesting that every conversation that we have with our partner needs to be this deep, 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 you know, exploratory conversation, but it certainly needs to be loving, whatever it is. It needs to be loving. And so there are, yeah, there are eight loving conversations to have in the book. Oh, that's really good, Susan. Okay, one last thought. What are you mostly Mm. seeing couples or single people struggle with relationship wise in today's age? Well, um, I think, I think they just, a lot of people don't know how to address the problems or the issues or the things that they're thinking, the doubts they're having, um, the frustrations they're feeling. They don't know how to talk about it in a way that would actually enrich the relationship. So they just avoid it. And, you know, during the pandemic, when we had all this enforced togetherness, some couples thrived and made babies and other couples just <laughs> totally fell apart. One way because, or the other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, when, when you're, when you are, have to be together for a long time, everything about the relationship is amplified, all the good stuff, all the not so good stuff. And so if you have not learned how to tackle your tough issues, then you may be headed towards a suddenly down the road that you really don't want. That oh. you just, yeah. And so I want us to stay awake, <laughs> stay awake. I think that's these, a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good yeah. thing. And I know you, you uh, talk about it in your books. And speaking of that, Susan, if we want more info and more advice and some, you know, basically you have advice of gold, where do we go to order your books and to find you? Well, you can, the book is available anywhere. It's called Fierce Love, Creating a Love That Lasts One Conversation at a Time. So any, any place online or, or, you know, a store that sells books will have it or can order it for you. Um, and there's also an, an audible version as well. So it's it's easy to find. If people want to know more about it, they can go to susanscott.io and there'll be information about the book. And I hope that they do because, you know, I mean, I have spent the last 22 years of my life focused 
on conversations. And, and for a long time, it was conversations within organizations. But so much of the same, um, I don't know, ways of having conversations apply to our personal relationships as well. So I feel like Fierce Love may be the most important book that I have written because it's for everyone. It's, it's for just, everyone. It's for everyone. And, and even if your relationship is thriving, you know, how do you make sure it's keeps healthy it stays healthy you know how do you how do you even have conversations where you learn things about one another when you didn't think there was anything new to learn that's um, a very good point that's a very good yeah. point well you are a wealth of knowledge susan and i do hope that people you know get your book or listen to it however they prefer to do it because i've just learned so much from you even just speaking with you now <laughs> and on the show so i'm so excited to have people um, hear more about you one more time what's the website susan susan scott dot io okay you're amazing thank you so much for talking with us today we you're really appreciate welcome. you i'm gonna you're quickly welcome. end this with fresh five real quick what's your favorite tv yeah. show yeah you know i like to watch uh, shows about secrets of the zoo you know things about animals i'm very much of an animal lover Love so anything to do with animals i'm i'm there you're National in National geographic you know i'm there okay <laughs> what's your celebrity crush I just don't have one. <laughs> I knew you'd be honest with me, and I like that. Is that sad? No, I mean, it's not. It's not. You're honest. I love it. Okay, what's a hobby you've wanted to try? Well, um, I have wanted to get – it's not really a hobby, but I have wanted to get really, really good at Tai Chi and oh, various cool. forms of Tai Chi because it's so beautiful. It's like a modern dance. And it's I, so cool. I know. I lived in Japan for a couple of years and studied uh, martial arts very seriously there. But now at my age, Tai Chi seems more my speed. And I just want to practice that and get good at it. And then there's also always my guitar and my piano. There um, you go. Music and yeah. Tai Chi. Okay, I have two left. Music. If you're given the option to go to space, would you go? No. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I'm with you, girl. I wouldn't. I'd be puking everywhere. I wouldn't. I'd get too car sick. I wouldn't make it. Okay. And you're stranded on an island. Other than your own books, what book are you taking? Oh, what a good question. Gosh. Um, hmm. I'm not too sure. I, I think I might take. So there's this, there's this book called The Gift, which are all of these poems by Hafiz translated by a guy named Daniel Ladinsky, who's actually a friend of mine now. The gift, if you open to any page in that book, there will be something extraordinary there. Ooh, I need to look at this after. Okay, <laughs> yeah, The yeah. Gift. I love those answers. Susan, thank you so much for talking with us today. We really appreciate you. I can't wait to have you on again. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening to Fresh Off The Set Podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and we will see you next week. Congrats, you made it to the end. If you want to continue to freshen up your day, you can watch us on Fresh Living every weekday on CBS Channel 2 in Utah at 1 o'clock. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, KUTV Fresh Living, and follow us on social media. We will see you next week.